When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, welcome to another episode of Soap from the Box, the ultimate TV podcast that goes behind the scenes of some of the country's biggest soaps, but not only the UK. This year, I'm speaking to Neighbours and Home and Away stars. Now, I have to get up very early to do them because of the time difference in Australia, but 5.30 in the morning was fine to speak to my next guest, one of my favourite characters ever from Home and Away. Remember, there's two episodes, so listen to the other one after this, but Enjoy. My next guest from Home and Away is the second longest serving cast member after the legend that is Ray Meager, who plays our Stuart, joining in 1993, playing the role for 28 years. It's a long way from her first job as a primary school teacher. Please welcome my joint favourite character, along with Marilyn. It's Irene herself, Lynn McGranger. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Lee. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? And how's Australia? Great, darling. We're we're doing well over here. You know, um, certainly COVID-wise, we're we're very blessed. We get the odd case that pops up, but uh, generally speaking, I think because there's not very many of us, and we're in a great big country, uh, we've got off pretty scot-free. Unlike you guys who have been struggling a lot. How how did Home and Away suffer? Did you have any time off from Home and Away, or did you kind of carry on yes. throughout? No, um, we uh, went into lockdown at the end of March. When I say lockdown, um, uh, all filming ceased. And uh, so suddenly we were like, oh, my God, I've got this time off. And we, we don't normally have lots have any of time, time off. off. Yeah. Um, and uh, a lot of people loved it and took a while to get used to. Um, but then there was a few people who were like, you know, champing at the bit to get back to work. Um, I wasn't one of them, FYI. <laughs> I was really loving the time off. Um, and we thought, initially we thought, oh, maybe September that we'd be back. Next minute, we're back at the end of May. So we actually only had nine weeks off, which was still a long, long time. So a long time um, for you. I'm sure in 27 years you've never had that long off. I mean, 27 never. years. Well, no, I normally, you know, if I do have a big block off, I'm over doing panto or something like that. So I've never just had, a, you know, an enforced nine-week holiday, nor has anyone else. But I think um, for the most part, um, people, I mean, certainly the older actors, you know, when I say the older actors, I mean people like, you know, Ray and myself, who, and maybe to a, a, a degree, Shane, um, we kind of went, like I've always thought, oh, I don't know if I could retire. But then after um, after COVID shut down, I was like, I was quite enjoying <laughs> I was quite enjoying it. Stop. Yeah, I was quite enjoying it. But I guess that was because I knew that sooner or later, well, I didn't know, nobody knew what was going on, but I figured sooner or later we'd all be back working. And, of course, we, we, we came back with, guns blazing and then had to try and squeeze on top of our normally 
crazy schedule, try and squeeze in another two months' worth of work. Wow. So it was very interesting and it was it was tough. It was well, really it was tough, but you're still there because what we don't what I'm sure the fans don't want to hear anywhere is that you are thinking of retiring. So we don't want to go there. But no, what, no, no. But how's it changed, um, Lynn? Because our longest serving soap member here is actually William Roach from Coronation Street, who's been there for over 60 years. Um, Good God. Which I know is incredible, but 28 years is a long time. Did you ever think when you joined Home Away that you would ever be there for nearly as long as this? Never in a million years, Lee. I mean, um, we I, initially I was on the show for three months and, of course, our daughter was very young. She was only 20 months old when I was cast. And so we were living down in Melbourne. Paul stayed down in Melbourne. Clancy and I came up to Sydney. We stayed with my parents who were living in Sydney. And um, then Paul would come up one weekend. We'd go down another weekend. And then at the end of those three months they said, um, oh, would you come back for another stint in six months' time? And I went, hell yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And thinking, oh, maybe, you know, six months or maybe even 12 months. And and as it was, I signed on for 12 months. And at that stage, Paul went, well, you know, I said, you give up work, come up, you look after Clancy, we'll rent, we'll keep our house down in Melbourne and, uh, you know, we'll just come up for a year. Well, then that one year turned into suddenly I had another two years signing for two years and then that, after that two years of signing for three years. And it was just like I was like, Geez, you know, one of these days somebody's going to wake up and go, hang on a minute, this woman's faking <laughs> it. And, and, of course, aren't all actors. But, um, yeah, it's just been one of those things that's just kept on, on going. So I've been so very lucky. And obviously I know actually because Emily Simons was actually in Emmerdale, so I worked with Emily, who's amazing. But yes. If- she was obviously there originally comes back. It must be quite nice because you took over from someone else when you joined, didn't you? So it must be nice having all of those familiar faces still around you because you've got... Um, oh, it's amazing. Emily. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, Emily, this is her third time because yeah. she was there for a while, then she left, then she came back, then she left again. And and I think the last time she left, she was like in Emmerdale for 10 years or something. Yeah, she was. And then yeah. when her mother got unwell, she came back. And um, and then she's been on the show ever since. And and um, I think that's about oh gosh, maybe ten years now. Yeah, she's Nine or yeah, 10 must, years oh, she's oh yeah, it must back. be about ten years she's back. Because I think you are now the longest running female member, aren't you? I think you over. Oh, I have been ever since Kate Ritchie left. Yes. So I wonder if Kate yeah. is really annoyed that she lost her record to you now. I, I <laughs> Seriously pissed off. No, yeah. I don't think so. I really don't think so. Um, she'd had enough. She grew up on screen, you know. She grew up in front of Australia, in front of England, in front of Ireland, in front of Norway. She had, you know, got her first bra on television. So I think she was just, she'd had enough. And, and uh, yeah, she's um, on uh, radio here now. doing oh, very right, okay. And I think um, just, uh, you know, she still acts, she still does, you know, bits and pieces. So I don't think, I mean, I haven't spoken to her recently, so I may be putting words in her mouth, but I don't think she's ever thought, damn, I wish I hadn't left home in a way. I wish I hadn't left, yeah. Um, What's it like over there, Lynn? Because obviously you come over here to do Panto, which we'll speak about, but soap here is obviously massive, EastEnders and Coronation Street. A home and away, obviously you know they are here as well, so are your shows, but how's soap in Australia? Is it as big in Australia as it is kind of here? 
Well, I wouldn't say it's as big because, of course, we have a far smaller population. We also have a a lot more. I mean, I know you you guys have very long summers, um, but certainly here we have a lot more daylight, generally speaking. Um, So I think, you know, we don't do the day soap thing like you guys do. Um, so much. I mean, I think we've got, you know, as the stomach turns or whatever it's called, um, bold and the beautiful days of our lives, that, that sort of thing we have. But, um, I mean, of course you've got your dyed-in-the-wool uh, neighbours and home-and-away fans who love it. Um, but I think um, the UK in particular just have a real they love it. And I don't know whether it's a cold country thing because we also have a great fan base, believe it or not, in Norway. Yes, Norway is huge, yeah. Belgium and Estonia, for God's sake. And Estonia, it must be the sunny thing. It must be everyone wanting. I think it must be. Yeah. I mean, mind you, any country, that any nation that has six months of the year in darkness must be a little bit batshit crazy. Yeah, so true, yeah. They do. They love the, the thought, I think, of just oh, the just beach. Oh, on the beach. And, yeah, because we never get to go on the beach in this country. No, so. no, and your beach has got pebbles anyway. I know. <laughs> I did mention you took over from someone, and I have to say, I just never spoke about this, but I love the fact that there seems to be a thing in Australian soaps that only Australian soaps get away with when they just replace people. Because I remember... Pippa in Home and Away. When oh, I, we've had three of them. She changed it in the episode. Everyone started calling this woman Pippa, and I was thinking, who are they calling Pippa? And you realise, oh, they just changed the actress. <laughs> and Lucy Robinson as well. Who? Lucy, Lucy? Robinson in Neighbours. She changed about four oh, times. I, I've <laughs> never watched Neighbours in my life, and to be fair, I'd never watched Home and Away in my life until I got the gig. So it's not like I'm being neighbourist. I just never watched soaps. I'm sure someone was ill in Home and Away for a while as well, and they just replaced they, they just replaced them. I love because here I think people go mad if that happened. Well, I think they they have done it, yes, and I'm I'm sure they do it on 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 shows here. But I think certainly with my character, um, Irene uh, Jackie Phillips had played Irene for I'm not even sure. No one ever seems to have an answer to this, but I, I'm going to say maybe most people come on for two or three months. Yeah, I think right? it was about three months, yeah. About that. And then she'd been gone from the show for, I don't know, what, a year, maybe 18 months, who knows. Now, for whatever reason, she either didn't want to come back or couldn't come back or they decided not to ask her back. I'm going to go with the first two. I reckon she didn't yeah. want to come back. Because she's she's a singer, she was a blues singer, I think she wanted to do more theatre. And, you know, there was a bit of, and I'm certainly not saying this about Jackie, but there was for a long while, even when I started, a bit of snobbery oh, around actors yeah, working on a soap. I'm not going to work on a soap. Yeah. I've just done NIDA. I've just graduated from RADA, <laughs> whatever. Um, and, of course, now it's like work, so you grab it with both. Yeah, please give me a bite um, but um, so I knew I was replacing an actress and I thought, oh, well, you know, whatever. And and I was, you know, cast because apparently I looked like a thin-waisted alcoholic at the time. <laughs> and also that was the character breakdown. I'm not kidding you. Um, mind you, to be fair to me, I had had food poisoning for three days, hadn't eaten, had been vomiting nonstop for three days when I went for the audition. Oh, wow. I'd gone, oh, I got your girl. 
Um, and I had, you know, dyed my hair the short, um, the bleach blonde like Jackie had. And plus I had a gin voice like Jackie. <laughs> so I think, uh, you know, it was a, a match made in heaven. Yeah. But we have replaced a few people. We replaced Beck Cartwright as Haley. Oh, yeah. Um, that was kind of weird. Uh, Scott Ella Scott Ella Scott Finch, but she's a redhead. They didn't even try and make her blonde. It was weird. <laughs> so Haley just went. I'm sorry, Beck just went. No, I'm leaving. And they went. Oh, but we've got all this storyline. She went. No, sorry, I'm I'm leaving because I think she was planning on getting married to Leighton Hewitt, and you know, went off and and lived her life and had babies and blah blah blah. Um, so they needed Haley to stay in the show, so they just said, oh, we'll cast a redhead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of like that. Pippa as well changed their colour and everything. I, th- I, think- I know. And, and Vanessa Downing, who was, uh, FYI, the second Pippa, the actual, the first Pippa, who was in the the um, uh, the pilot. Oh. Yeah, there was, there was an, another Pippa in the pilot, according to Ray anyway, and I think her name was Carol Willisey. And uh, she just did the pilot and just went, oh, I'm not cut out for soap, you know, I don't want to do the hours. <laughs> so then when the, when the pilot was picked up and they they used Vanessa Downing, who was a little blonde lady with a short blonde bob, yeah, and then, then she left and then Deborah Lawrence came in. Very who was sort of, dark hair. <laughs> yes, who was like about six inches taller. It was, it was quite peculiar. And they have done it with... Um, they did it to, now let me think, I think it was lovely um, Belinda Emmett who tragically um, passed away at 30 with breast cancer, oh, nice. but she got unwell and her character was Fisher's daughter. Ah, so they yes. replaced her with another actress. So, yeah, oh, yeah, it's quite a thing. Um, it's quite a thing. I quite like that that's a thing. But let's talk about Irene then, because she was described originally, I've got here, as your classic Aussie battler, down to earth and a dry sense of humour. She's always good for a yarn and a laugh. It doesn't matter who you are. Now, we're saying that now, obviously, that is Irene. But as you said, when you joined, she was kind of very, I remember from watching, you kind of hated Irene at first. She was she yeah. was everything bad about the world, wasn't she, when she joined? Well, um, I'm guessing you're, because when I started, I, Irene was on the wagon. Yes. Did you ever watch? Did you ever watch um, the original? No. Did you watch no, I didn't. And that was a that was a choice. Yeah. Um, because I didn't want to unconsciously emulate. Her. Yeah. And it's very hard not to. I find that really hard not to go, even subconsciously go. Oh, you know, she did this or she yes, did that. Yeah, no, so it, was yeah. a, it was a choice. And I thought, well, the directors, if I'm going in the wrong direction, I'm sure somebody will haul me into line and tell me that I'm, you know, way, um, way off the, you know, the board. Um, but but nobody really did. And um, I just I just knew from the character breakdown that she was kind of really a rough diamond. She'd had a hard life. She'd tried to throttle her kids and she was back to try and make amends. She'd been a terrible mother. She's a dreadful drunk, and the wonderful times when I've been Irene's, my Irene's fallen off the wagon, and uh, and just got drunk for whatever reason. Um, I just love it so much. It's <laughs> so much fun because she is mean. She, she is mean. a mean drunk, which is why, of course, she you know Irene in her sober lucid moments 
knows why she can't ever drink again. Is it hard to play drunk? I always think it must be one of the hardest things to act because you never really remember what you're like drunk. Do you know, um, I um, I felt the same way. And when I really, because I remember once I had to play drunk, but I was like, you know, dribbling drunk in jail, accused of somebody's murder. I hadn't done it. And just like kind of just being miserable in my cell by myself, not actually interacting yeah. and being normal, just like a dribbling drunk. Um, but when I had to play it, I think it was Leah's wedding to Zach and Irene had fallen off the wagon because um, she, oh, her past was coming back because she was abused when she was younger and she found out she had a child and her son was a crazy rapist. Okay. And it was just, oh, my God. The list goes you know, on. <laughs> really, the list goes on. So she came off the wagon big time. And, um, at, of course, it was at her best friend's wedding and um, Leah uh, ended up coming around to her place in her wedding gown and um, trying to talk sense into Irene. But I had to slap uh, Johnny Ruffo, who played Chris, across the face and I just, at the wedding, I just had the best time because <laughs> I, just, I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to let it go. And again, if I'm too much, the director, will, you've just got to trust yeah. that the director yeah. will pull you back. And I just went for it and I, and I really enjoyed it. But, I mean, so you play some really big stories as Irene. You've been framed. Um, you tried to frame someone. Tried, was it Angie tried to frame her for sexually interfering with Nick? You've helped Pippa Comstones with Cot there. Some really heavy stories as well as the light. And is it is it hard doing those heavy stories? Especially on a soap, I think, when you work every day, do you tend to get involved and you kind of end up taking it home with you? Or are you able to cut off work? Uh, I, I am able to cut off because I think you would go, you know, you go dark raving mad if you carried it around with you. And, you know, you hear these stories about actors who are on film who are always in character. I'll bugger that for a joke. Try acting, darling. Um, yes, just, yeah. you know, as Sir Laurence Olivier once said. Um, I, um, mind you, I think on film it's probably even more difficult because you really are shooting things out of out well, of whack. So you are really out of order, aren't you? So you... Yeah, always, always. But I, I think... The only thing I find is that it's exhausting. I remember when I had to do the last really big storyline, which was when I walked in and found Bella being attacked yes. by Tommy, who'd been grooming her online, and I had to, you know, practically bludgeon this guy to death with um, a lamp or a champagne bottle that just happened to be within my reach or something like that. Um, that was excruciating because... Uh, not only was it that storyline, but then it came out um, as to why I overreacted and we found out that, you know, I, well, Leah knew about my pre my abuse as a young person, but then um, the rest of the town thought I was some sort of psychopathic murderer. I couldn't understand why I'd nearly murdered this guy. And then I had to tell the township um, why and, and it was all because it was hickledy-pickledy. We, you know, it, after we filmed um, post me and Bella 
nearly murdering this guy and dragging the body to the hospital and parking him on a wall and running off. Then about eight weeks later, because of circumstances and holidays, then we filmed the bludgeoning. Oh, wow. And it was just crazy. And I found that really, really gruelling and really exhausting. And then, of course, there was the court case. And then it's, it's, it just seemed to go on for months Ever. and months and months. And, and I, I really did struggle with that. Again, not bringing it home, except that you go home and go, well, now I have to learn my lines and not only learn my lines but actually, um, you know, act the next day. It's yes, not just yes. the day and I make you a cuppa. Um, so I really, I, I found that really hard but I think it was because it was such a long storyline. And, Lynn, how, and, do you, how do you prepare? Because I obviously I used to direct all the soaps over here and I know from those big stories when they get out of order, do you sit down and, like, map her journey throughout the story, just make little notes on the script? Or how do you, because like you said, if I, you film something eight weeks and you're like, oh, God, you know, how did I play that? Or if you do you already plan how you're going to kind of play each scene? Um, I've, with something like that, I, I wouldn't say I plan how I'm going to play it because I believe that, you, you need to be in the moment, in the moment too. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, and because Courtney and I were doing so much together, and she is amazing, like she is so um, much ahead of her years in, term, in terms of her ability. She just is a, a beautiful, innate, natural actress. Um, I would wait and see where she got, went with it. You know, and she would do the same with me. So I, I'm not one of those actors who goes in and goes, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do this because if you do that and somebody else suddenly plays something differently to the way you thought they might play it, it all goes to hell in a handbasket. Yeah, um, obviously <laughs> you have to know your your intentions and, and ideally your, your actions in terms of, you know, I, I will try and convince Lee I, I am going to try and convince Lee to, uh, you know, bring me that apple or whatever, but but um, not actually plot how I'm going to play it. Ideally, you know the lines, you know your intentions, and you you you, you map out your actions in that you know what what I am going to do to to um, to get my way or to get to reach my obstacle in this scene. And what's it like a home away? Because obviously you've been there a long time, raised in there a long time. Do you find now the younger the younger actors come to you? Do you see yourself as a mate? Because I know over here, the longest cast members, you're kind of a bit, in, you're very in awe of actually. So do you find that people are quite in awe of you when they come in? Oh, young ones, the young ones who yeah, come in. Yeah, the younger ones. Do they come to you well, and rave for, for advice? Are you kind of like mum and dad to everyone? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Um, I I don't know how they feel about me, but I'm not a. I mean, I just you gravitate. It's like any workplace. There's certain people you gravitate towards, yeah, and there's certain people are. that that you feel um, you might. It's not a case of you not gravitating to them. It's just that you feel perhaps not as welcome, or they don't feel they don't. I don't know, maybe they're a bit more standoffish, yeah. whatever. I try and make everybody feel welcome, as I'm sure all the older actors on the on the set do. You try because it's so dauntingly. I mean, hell, I was 
39 when I started on the show and I swear to God I shook for the first six months. I was so terrified yeah. because I'd only really done theatre and, and, and comedy and cabaret and things like that. I'd done a little bit of telly but I certainly hadn't done, you know, day after day after day of steady cam. I had no clue what I was doing. What it was like. And do but you there think was the theatre, I always think, sorry to interrupt you, in theatre you get an instant reaction, don't you? Do you? Did you find it quite weird, your first massive job in telly? Because you don't know, I suppose you don't know how you're doing. Do you know what I mean? You haven't got the audience feedback straight away. No, that's exactly right. You've just got to rely on the director telling you. Well, we know news is good news. I learned that real quick. Because most, <laughs> most people aren't going to say, oh, that was brilliant, Lynn, the way you ordered that coffee. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. so believable. <laughs> but they are going to tell you you're shite <laughs> if, they, if you go, listen, I'm sorry, I didn't swallow that at all. <laughs> yes. So you learn that real quick, that no news is good news. And um, But that's what I miss about, about live performance, particularly pantomime, because it's going to be such a clown and it's, you know, it's so huge and it's such fun and particularly the baddie, you know, you turn and abuse the audience and, oh, I just love it. I love it so much. Well, actually, that moves me on to some viewer questions, some listener questions when I said yeah. coming on. I had so many. And one, let me find this one. This is from Scott Ringham who said... What's it like travelling to the UK to do Panto? And it's not popular abroad, so did you get it when you first came? Ah, very good question, Scott. Well, yes, because I'm old enough to remember it when I was a kid in the 60s. Ah. We used to have them here, you see, and, um, and I can remember my nana taking me to see Cinderella, you know, back in the days when Buttons really did throw lollies at you without fear of being sued because you were going to take out <laughs> yes. somebody's eye. Was that in Australia you saw them? Yeah. Oh, so I didn't realise yeah. Australia did. Yeah. does have but to I think, yes, well, we did in the 60s, and I know every so often somebody like Paul Elliott will try and run one here in 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 July because, you know, some people like to do Christmas in July. It's like I think one a year is enough personally. But they they bring out pantos and they'll use different, you know, stars and things. And I guess they have a, a, a moderate amount of success because he, he does them from, hasn't obviously did, the, did it in COVID. I doubt he'd do it this year either. But um, people kind of know what it is. Um, but then, of course, I knew what it was, and then one of my reasons for wanting to be on Pantomime—sorry, uh, to be on Home and Away—was because more than anything else, I wanted to work in the UK and I wanted to do a pantomime. Oh, that's brilliant! Truly, one of my great reasons for wanting to be on the show because I was absolutely nuts about it. I wanted desperate to work in England and desperate to do a panto. Be careful what you wish for. 20 years later, still <laughs> yeah, doing it. And it's quite weird, actually, because Pat Lowe, we said soap is still looked down upon a bit, and it is by the industry and by people, but so is panto. Yeah, until recently, now kind of pantos have become massive, you know, West End ones with kind of yes. all the big people. But you, he saw you as the Wicked Queen in Snow White, and you said you were a very funny camp and evil, but you've done Brighton, Torquay, York. I mean, I know loads of people who know you from meeting in Panto, like Michelle Hardwick and yes. Kelly Hollis, um, who yes. all said to say hi to you. But where was your favourite place in the UK? Had you been to the oh. UK before you'd done Panto, or was Panto like what brought you to the UK? 
No, um, I'd been to the UK when I was uh, in, in like early, very early 20s with my mum and dad and sister. It was the first time I, I went over. The second time I went over was sort of like for my grand tour in the late 70s with a, with a, a girlfriend and, and we did the grand tour and met up with other people and I was over there for eight months. Oh, wow. And then the next time I went, which was in, the, in 1989, was with um, Paul, my partner, um, we we went over there for about six weeks. I uh, went to the UK and Greece, although that's a whole other episode. That <laughs> was a whole other story. Um, but, oh, that's a whole yeah, different so, podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> but we we loved it, even though it was the middle of winter. We loved it, and then um, so I'd already been three times or four times. So by the time we first went over in um, uh, 95, 96, our daughter was four and we were in Brighton. Oh, which is where I live. Yeah, I'm literally 15 minutes away from there where I was born. So I love Brighton. Oh, right. It's well, we were at the old um, uh, at the old dome. Yes. It was, yeah. you know, oh, wow. it was cavernous. And we were with the fabulous um, Frank Williams, you know, of, of Dad's Army. The oh, Victorian yes, Army. yes. Frank and uh, lovely Julie Fox. I don't know if you know Julie. They're up in Lincoln now. They run their own pantos. Um, Chris, uh, Paul Critchlow, who's no longer oh, yeah. with us, got yeah. this goal. And, um, and, and, and Bibs and Bob, some fellow from a boy band who couldn't <laughs> sing. They found out he couldn't sing after he'd been cast as the male lead. Hilarious. Oh, brilliant. Um, I was going to say, I, you must have worked with some random, you must come every year and work, you, you're wondering which random people are going to be in the show with you. But but you know what, Lee? Um, I have made, we have made, Paul and I and Clancy, we have made lifelong friends. Yeah. And my best friend who lives in York is my best friend because we have known each other for about 22, 23 years now because from... Ah, uh, what's what was his name? Uh, James Crossley, who was the oh, ultimate yes. gladiator hunter. I was in a panto with him. We happened to be after panto going to York to suss it out because the next year we thought we might be doing panto there. And he went, "Oh, leave it with me. My best mate's parents own a hotel." Oh wow! And so we're over there. We met Morty and Phil, who are uh, you know Morty's my my very best friend in the world. And um, they're still in York. And we have been back, seriously, more times than I've had hot meals. Amazing. And I think I've done Panto in York now four times, maybe five. But I love it so much. We're different companies. and But I've done Southport. I've done South Sea. I've done Ashton Under Line. I've done Weymouth. I've done Flippin' Lincoln. I've done what, great, what, what a great way to see the UK. And we're in Leeds. I'm in Leeds now. So next time you're in York, I will come and see you. Uh, oh, please do, love. Please do. Another couple of quick questions. Kelly Louise, yes. what's the one piece of advice you would give to anyone joining Home and Away? <laughs> okay. I would say um, do your homework, um, uh, spend as much time with the um, drama tutor a lovely uh, Genevieve Hegney that we have who's an outstanding actress herself and she oh, spends so much time with the younger ones. Now, back in my day, that wow, wasn't... I don't think we have that here. That's amazing. Yeah. So um, she is, uh, you know, wonderful and spends time with the young ones and goes through the script and stuff like that. So I would say do that. And I think I would also say, because this is my 
kind of mantra, uh, go go big or go home. Yeah. Really, it's so much easier for a director. If, if you're over the top, if you're huge, it's so much easier for a director to pull you back than it is to kind of shove you to where you need to be. Yeah, that's really good advice. It, it's just that's what I would say. Go big or go home and, and have, tr- have faith in the director that he would will pull you aside and go, listen, that's way too big. Yeah. Cut it back a bit. Um, you know, and and just yeah, just enjoy it because you, you know work of any sort as an actor is is a blessing. It is, and being on Home and Away is. I mean, I would love. I almost did Home and Away. I have to say, direct. I nearly came and directed it and lived with Emily. Oh. Well, but then I met my husband Paul, and I stayed yeah. here. I know. Oh. <laughs> I determined to one day, and my mum won't let, forgive me if I don't. She she said to say you are her favourite character in Home and Away. She loves Home and Away. Her question is. Will the River Boys return? She loves the River Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can't answer that, but all I can say to your mum, hello, Paul's, uh, Lee's mum. Carol, um, her name is. Carol, hi, Carol. The only thing I can say is that nothing is out of the question. Exactly. There we go, mum. Anything yeah. is possible. Be, tell her that and she'll believe you anyway, so that's fine. We can tell <laughs> And then just a little quiz to end with, um, Lynn, which I find really, these things are really interesting. So creator Alan Bateman came up with a show when he went on holiday to Kangaroo Point, which is an amazing name in itself. Do you know what he was originally going to call the show? Um, this is- no, I don't, but I have heard it and I, I think it's something pretty dicky. Yeah, Refuge. Oh, okay. No, that's not what I thought it was. That, well, that's what I've got. I mean, I think that's. I mean, very that's catchy, awful, is it? Awful. Imagine name, coming isn't up it? with a song with yeah. the word refuge in it. That's weird. Oh, really? Oh, that is really weird. Um, no, I'm just saying, imagine. Because you know. Oh, imagine, yeah. Life would have been very yeah. different if it was called refuge. Oh. I love the fact that Kangaroo Point as well, because someone else, who do we have on? Someone from Neighbours, and they were from. Basically, Australia has the best place names ever. Yes. Kangaroo Point, that's in Sydney. Um, uh, did he go to Kangaroo Island? Maybe it's Kangaroo Island, yeah. Because Kangaroo Point, I think, is just somewhere, is a Sydney suburb. Oh, I, I mean, maybe I could, although it's weird I, that I would have read that wrong because I wouldn't have known that one, but maybe maybe went to both. <laughs> yeah, Kangaroo Island, I think. I think that's where Chris Hemsworth and his family are from. Who have all been on uh, Home and Away as well, haven't they? All the helpers. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. famous ginger singer has appeared on the show? Oh, I know that. Um, Ed, what's his name? Ed, Ed Sheeran, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, he's been on it. I wasn't there. I missed out on him and I also missed out when Michael Palin was on. Very dirty. Oh, really? That's amazing. And the final question, how many different versions of the theme song have there been? Oh, okay. So I think there's been three or four. There's been seven. Seven? Yeah, with all different voices. And I listened to the original one the other day and it went on for about, it goes on for about two years. It's so long, the original (laughs) theme song. Ah, 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 ah. (laughs) I only thought there was about three or four. Seven? That's nuts. I know. Now they just do the last couple. Then they just now they just go home and away. Don't yeah, don't yeah literally that is it, isn't it? <laughs> where where do you film? How far is the beach from the studios when you film? 
Oh, okay. So now we film now um, in um, uh, Everly, which is kind of, um, it's in a city. No, it's kind of outer inner city or inner outer city. It's not Redfern. It's not Alexandria and it's not Surrey Hills, but it's kind of in the middle. It's the old uh, carriage work. So it's where the, um, the trains used to come in. Um, and so they've redeveloped it all. So it's called Everly um, and it's probably, I don't know, a, in normal traffic and whatever that is, it's probably a five-minute drive to the city. Oh, seaside. right. Oh, so really close. Oh, yeah. Wow. So the beach is as far north as you can go in Sydney without leaving Sydney. Oh, so it's um, Palm Beach. And if you leave it, you cross the Hawkesbury River and you are at the Central Coast. Oh, wow. Well, so, one, day, one day, Lynn, okay. I will see you on the Home and Away Beach directing, hopefully, and then we'll meet up oh. in York for a glass of wine when you're doing panto. Absolutely, Gunny. <laughs> well, keep your eyes peeled. Well, I can't see it happening this year. This year, but maybe um, next year. But certainly next year, look, um, as long as I have breath in me and I can string a sentence together, I'm going to keep coming and doing panto if I can because I love it so much. Amazing. Well, listen, it's been, um, I could speak to you all day. It's been amazing to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Lee, and a big shout out to everyone who listens to your podcast. And uh, I love England and we love our Home and Away fans. And, um, yes, get better soon, England, and, you know, smash that bloody COVID. Thank you very much. And we will see you very soon. Thanks, Lynn. God bless, darling. Bye-bye. I mean, you can't get more escapism than Home and Away for us at the moment. I'm sat in my garden shed recording this. It's 6.30 in the morning now and it's not very warm. I would love to be on the Home and Away beach. Thank you so much to Lynn McGranger. So amazing to speak to Irene from Home and Away. I was such a huge fan. Still am a huge fan. Remember, there are two episodes every single week. This series of Soap from the Box. The other one you cannot miss. It's Daniela Westbrook. She's always making the headlines. But this episode is her chance to put her side of all the stories across. So make sure you listen to that. Thanks, as usual, to David Stevens and the Bothy for their edit and technical wizardry and to Ian McCallum for all of his brilliant press help. I'll be back next week, same time, same place. See you then. (laughs) 